Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's the Built by Bama online podcast, and it presents Daybreak for this Monday, April the 20th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you here on Daybreak three times per week. we got a lot to get into on this edition of the podcast. We're going to talk with Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, coming up a little bit later. We'll get more into this upcoming draft. We actually have an NFL draft week upon us here. That, of course, gets underway Thursday night with the opening round. A handful of Alabama players, once again, expected to hear their names called when Roger Goodell, somewhere from a basement somewhere in the New York City area, makes those selections known on Thursday night. Expect to once again, have a very strong Alabama flavor. We'll talk some of that with Charlie. Uh, We'll also make the case for Jordan Battle, the second-year safety, stepping into a role of prominence in that Alabama secondary. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the potential for Jordan Battle to impact perhaps a couple of different areas of that secondary in 2020. But it was a busy weekend. For Alabama football, even without an A-Day game, of course, we know that was canceled uh, for 2020, unfortunately. That should have been Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Instead, you had you had some media opportunities on Saturday afternoon, what was essentially an A-Day special involving Alabama play-by-play announcer for football, Eli Gold. He was joined on that program Saturday afternoon by Athletics Director Greg Byrne and also Alabama Head Coach Nick Saban. So we've got some comments from both those gentlemen to talk about coming up in just a little bit with Charlie. He also had some recruiting news on Friday and Saturday. Some Alabama fans been a little bit uh, uptight about this 2021 class, been sitting there with just one commitment. That, of course, being Deontay Lawson, the linebacker target from the Mobile area. Well, Deontay got some company over the weekend. And Quinn Barnes, big Quinn Barnes, as he's known. 6'5", 300-pound-ish defensive lineman from Montgomery, Alabama. Lee High School, Barnes makes his commitment on Friday to the Crimson Tide. This had sort of been anticipated. I know that Hank and Tim... They were on a watch for Barnes over the last four or five days. Well, it happened on Friday, and you watch tape of uh, Anquin Barnes, and this is a guy who physically is going to remind you more of some of the interior defensive linemen along the lines of Jaron Reed, maybe Ashawn Robinson. Big dude, 6'5", 299. Wouldn't say he's a kind of prototype 3-4 end, But as much as Alabama plays now with some nickel fronts that have four down linemen and two guys inside, 
he certainly fits that mold for today's Alabama defense. Again, predominantly an inside player when you watch his tape on the high school level. But what you like is the upside potential there to push the pocket in some pass rush situations. So Barnes currently a three-star according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. Now we'll see how that moves in the coming months, hopefully, if we have some football. Probably not going to have a camp season, so it may not move all that much in the summer months, but hopefully as we get into the fall, we'll get a more of a glimpse of Anquin Barnes, Alabama's second commitment. Well, actually, Alabama had had a couple other commitments uh, that had backed off those. Drake May prime among them, but Barnes joins the mix. And then he is joined on Saturday by an outstanding wide receiver prospect in Ajay Hall, a Floridian at 6'3", 190 pounds, a four-star prospect at an area of need. We know Alabama very much in the market for pass catchers, not just wide receivers, but tight ends as well. And so Hall goes ahead and gets on board on Saturday evening. Um, you know, you look at you look at Hall, and this is a guy again with that size. He's going to remind you a little bit of maybe some receivers at some other programs like now, like Seth Williams, the Tuscaloosa native, who is going into his third season down on the plains at Auburn. Maybe George Pickens a little bit, the Hoover product, who is going into his second year over at the University of Georgia. But you like that catch radius, as they refer to it, when you've got a 6'3 receiver. And based on his tape, uh, Hall's tape, uh, you're very much encouraged by the upside uh, of this guy, a guy who can work inside, he can work outside, very good, uh, high-pointing uh, the football at that 6'3 size. Um, good after the catch, too. Might take him a little bit. Watching watching Hall on tape, what kind of stands out to you is that he doesn't look like maybe He's covering a lot of ground, but at 6'3", he actually is. And then once he gets to top speed, he really covers some real estate. So, again, a very quality pickup, you would think, uh, at the wide receiver position in Ajay Hall out of the state of Florida. Good high school program Hall comes from as well down there in the Sunshine State. So, there you go. Some good recruiting news for Alabama And with that, we'll shift our attention to the comments made by Greg Byrne and Nick Saban over the weekend. And we'll also make the case for Jordan Battle, the sophomore safety in that Alabama defensive secondary for the 2020 season. Do that with Charlie Potter on the Built by Bama online podcast, the edition known as Daybreak for this Monday. That's coming up next right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And with that, we are joined by Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job for us at BamaOnline.com covering the Alabama Crimson Tide. Charlie, how was your weekend? 
it was pretty good. You know, I mean, we had some storms on Sunday, but, um, you know, again, no damage. Thanks for that. Um, uh, it was just kind of a, a chill, relaxing weekend. I know next weekend will be really busy with the draft. So uh, you're always thankful for those. Yes. And, um, yeah, I don't know what's up with Sundays around here lately. Last Sunday we had the severe weather, had it again this time around, and then a fire on campus uh, over there at the Moody Music Building. So Sundays just haven't been great to us here in the Tuscaloosa area the last couple weeks, but Saturday was certainly newsy. Uh, We expected it to be a good bit more newsy than it was because, of course, we were supposed to have the 2028 A game. At Bryant-Denny Stadium. That did not happen, but there was an A-Day special on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Eli Gold hosting that. Uh, John Parker Wilson. You saw the Q&A, of course, that Charlie had with John Parker Wilson at BOL late last week. Um, that crew. Uh, you also had visits on that special from Greg Byrne, the Alabama Athletics Director. And, of course, Alabama head football coach Nick Saban. I thought was uh, enlightening in some of his commentary on Saturday, Charlie. He was, yeah. Um, you know, it's it was a day that a lot of us thought we'd be doing a lot of things differently, and, and him included. And you know, he he once again kind of went through you know his typical day, and you know talked about the Zoom meetings and how receptive the players are to those. And um, one of the, the interesting things he said was um, talking about this year's team how. Uh, he thought it was on track to do uh, things really well. And he talked about how, um, you know, players haven't been getting in trouble. You you have a lot of players returning. Uh, They're excited about a lot of the young players. And, of course, some of that comes with the, the fact that you're not able to practice and you're kind of longing for that. But I think Nick Saban knows with the way last season ended and some of the hardships they were handed by way of injury – uh, that this team is talented and, and can get back to the college football playoff. And he was looking to kind of take those first steps towards accomplishing that in the spring. And he can't do that. But um, I think the biggest takeaway <laughs> was the talk of David Blue and Dr. Matt Ray, the the new heads of the, the performance um, part of the program. And uh, you, you kind of get a sense that, you know, strength and conditioning isn't something they're going to mention much um, anymore. It's a lot of scientific, a lot of you know, sports performance terminology. And he was really asked about, um, you know, when they first came on his radar and he mentioned how they were aware of, of them and the jobs they were doing when they're at IMG, because a lot of the players on their roster, um, you know, have been down in IMG and you know, Dylan Moses has worked with those guys and uh, he followed them a little bit up to Notre Dame. And then, you know, whenever they did their due diligence and it came down to interviewing people, uh, he said there was no question that they were a lot years ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, even, um, you know, in what they've been doing in their own program. And the, the biggest part of that is injury prevention and, and training high level uh, student athletes. And I think with that, I mean, that, that that went on Twitter pretty fast. I was sure to get a story up on that. But uh, he, he's he's been very um, effusive in his praises of these guys. But this was just the latest one. And maybe even talking about how they were looking at, at changing the strength and conditioning program before a change was made talking to NFL teams and the off season. So I think this was in the works. I think Nick Saban's pretty pleased with what they with what they were able to bring in. Yeah, I caught that too from those comments on Baloo and Ray and uh, it, it resonated uh, on a couple of different occasions. Those comments I thought 
uh, you kind of touched on it there and going ahead and getting involved with some some NFL folks, it sounded like, even before this turnover came about in, as far as the uh, you know the, the continued uh, injury concerns that they had dealt with. And maybe, maybe this is where they were headed all along, uh, regardless of what Scott Cochran was going to do in terms of his coaching future. So uh, some interesting stuff, certainly, from Nick Saban on Saturday. Greg Byrne also a part of that. Um, and I guess Greg Byrne doing what he has to do right now, Charlie, and that's maintain a, a front at least, or a, a facade, even if you want to go that far to call it, of uh, positivity while also being very aware to the need to to adapt and adjust in all likelihood for this upcoming football season and uh, reassuring the ticket base, the fan base from that perspective that uh, you know they had a plan in place for those folks too. Yeah, they uh, they allowed people to call in. I, I want to say it was Pee Wee from Grand Bay, the guy that always has the first question. Gotta for, be Pee Wee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't get a question to Nick, but he got a question to to Greg Byrne. I think he might have uh, called in for either Brad Bohannon or when uh, John Parker Wilson and Rashad Johnson were on there. But you know, Pee Wee straight up asked him about um, football season tickets, and you know, Greg was very open and, and upfront about that, and said how people can go ahead and renew their season tickets and know that if there's not a season, which I know nobody hopes that's the case, that those season tickets will um, have an opportunity to be refunded if it comes to that. But uh, they're still hopeful that a season will, will happen. Uh, I think one of his last comments on the call, um, you know, he was talking about how he and, and the university are optimistic that you know, if everybody continues to, to social distance and follow all the regulations, that they'll find a way to get um, – to the fall and have a chance to, to, I think he used the word celebrate the Crimson Tide. So um, he is aware of everything's going on. He's on daily conference calls with the other ADs in the SEC and, and Commissioner Greg Sankey. And um, I think they're looking at different avenues of maybe, you know, what can happen with the return to normalcy and, and maybe a, an altered season. But right now they're still holding out hope. And uh, it's good to hear that because I think a lot of the times, I know this is a serious situation and it seems to be, uh, becoming more serious as the days go by, at least from where we were in mid-March. But to do things uh, well in advance just seems jumping the gun. I think taking it by about a monthly approach because they extended the um, the in-person suspension through May 31st, uh, continuing to do that and kind of look at a, at a month-by-month aspect I think is smart instead of just saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to cancel football season altogether here in April. So I think yeah. he is – they're having those conversations, but they're remaining optimistic that they can have football season in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, we kind of had that happen with baseball. And look, it, it may it's looking like it was the right call yeah. uh, a month and a half ago or so to go ahead and cancel the College World Series and the Women's College World Series. Uh, that may very well prove to have been the uh, prudent decision, even as early as it was made. But I agree. I think there's still some time to give it some time. And, uh, you know, let's see what let's see what the next month or so uh, sort of presents to us. And uh, you get to you get to mid-May or so or certainly you get around Memorial Day weekend. I think that's when you you got to really start thinking about having some some hard and fast plans in place or trying as best you can to start that next phase of planning for the 2020 college football season. Speaking of college football. Let's talk some Jordan Battle, the second-year safety 
for the Alabama Crimson side. We don't really have to make the case for Jordan Battle, I don't think, Charlie, as a important piece to this 2020 secondary. I think we saw enough of this guy as a true freshman, even as early as the season opener against Duke a year ago, to think that he was on that fast track. I guess maybe a better question might be how much, you know, how many different roles could Jordan Battle ultimately take on back there? Yeah, I think that is a good question. It's also Jordan Battle as a, as a true sophomore is going to have to step into a much bigger leadership role uh, with guys like Xavier McKinney and, and Jared Maiden moving on to the NFL. Um, you know, there's no real experience back there at safety. I know Daniel Wright's been in the program for a while. I think he's going to have an opportunity too alongside uh, Battle. But you know, Battle was the guy that was that sixth defensive back last year. You know, he came in uh, as a safety and allowed Xavier McKinney to move down to money and, and dime. Uh, packages and you know, he did that early on uh, he continued to do that all year long and he's a guy that he played on all four special teams coverage units so um, you know I think he's a player that this coaching staff is really high on and I think his role is just going to continue to increase and yeah I think that will be interesting to see uh, what happens whenever they go to dime again if he's the full-time uh, free safety back there and I think they have some options um, you know talking to both Xavier and Jared um, you know before this whole NFL draft starts, um, you know, later in the week, uh, they were both pretty clear that they thought that Jordan battle and, and Daniel Wright would be the starting safeties. And they think that a guy like DeMarco Helms can come in and play the money. He's a little bit of a bigger safety and can play in the box. And, um, yeah, I think that's a role they see, um, fit for him. And if that's the case, then Jordan battles just your every down safety back there. And uh, I think he can really start to blossom as a as a quarterback of that secondary and you know continue to grow as a leader while not having to maybe move around to a bunch of different spots. But I think he is also capable of coming down the box if they need to. But yeah, I mean, he's going to have to wear a lot of hats, but yeah. maybe more so from being that guy on and off the field because the secondary – especially at the safety position. I mean, it's it was depleted this offseason. Yeah, just from a number standpoint, it almost has to be. If we're just going to talk about safeties that are coming back that we know about from 2019, it almost has to be an outline of what you, know, you heard uh, from Xavier McKinney and Jared Maiden. That's, that's basically the extent of it. I guess Eddie Smith is back, uh, but I mean, we didn't see Eddie Smith really at all mm-hmm. in 2019. So... Just based on the numbers, um, those are the candidates that make sense. DeMarco Hellams, you talk about body type and sort of the things you look for in a box safety. Uh, he kind of has that landing. Collins look a little bit to him. Uh, so that would make sense if, if he did take on some of that money role. But you know, we've talked about this before, too. They have a surplus of numbers at corner right now. Now, they got a lot to sort out at corner. In terms of who their couple of three guys are going to be, or certainly their two or three, once you get beyond Patrick Sertan the second, but we've seen it in the past, right? I mean, we've seen guys go from that spot, Eddie, uh, uh, Eddie Jackson. Um, you know, you can go down the list uh, that that Geno Matthias Smith. I mean, you can go down the list of guys who have made that move in the past, and I guess that could be a a, a situation we see play out once again. 
Yeah, and that's the thing that that sucks about no spring practices because that's the time for that experimentation. That's when you take a corner and you get him some reps at safety. You know, we saw. I know it doesn't apply to this what we're talking about today, but we saw Cam in the two that was a linebacker move to tight end. The the fourteen spring practices and the eight day game are when you can do this kind of mixing and matching and seeing what works. Uh, we saw Devonte Smith work at corner uh, in the spring in the past, so that this is this would have been that opportunity. Uh, for that to happen and if you know if, if Nick Saban gets his way and they have kind of those eight OTA like teaching periods uh, before fall camp where they're not you know they don't have pads on they're just out there in shorts and t-shirts and helmets and, and going through the motions and then teaching those players that's not going to be as effective as whenever you're you know you have a cornerback there learning to do drills like a safety and learning that position that way. So it's a missed opportunity because I, I agree I think this would have been the time that maybe you you test that um with some of those corners and maybe improve your depth and safety because you don't have reinforcements coming in until the summertime um you know malachi malachi moore is a guy that was supposed to come in as an early enrollee um he didn't uh, he was going to come in the summertime uh, brian branch is, is a is a guy at safety he's not going to be in here until the summer uh, i think christian's story the the guy that uh, was a quarterback and a do everything athlete in high school i think he maybe translates more to the safety position but those are all true freshmen that are coming in later we've seen true freshmen to pass play at safety minka fitzpatrick and ronnie harrison and jordan battle have done it but you know it, it's just a it's a situation where those numbers aren't here yet and we don't know when they're going to be here so that experimentation would have been good for the spring and i agree i think there were some of these corners that could have maybe benefited and gotten on the field maybe a little faster had they been able to work at safety yeah you know and if you do open with sc you're opening with keaton slovis and those wide receivers yeah, that he's bringing back. So you're not exactly just sort of easing into the situation. And, you know, it it's it's more too than just the individual evaluation that you're missing out in spring. It's that continuity, um, that that ability to sort of choreograph things back there, not only with the safeties working in tandem, but working in concert with the corners the secondary as a whole you get into those different sub packages even tying it in with the linebackers charlie you know i mean the inside linebackers and how that ties into the back end and how saban likes to pattern match and do things like that when they're not in man coverage or straight up man um there's the whole continuity thing that goes into this too and with everything they're losing every every person that they're losing back there uh, no doubt that's going to be a that's going to be a, a really interesting process to watch play out once we get back to playing some football. Now, we're not going to play football later in the week, Charlie, but we are going to have the NFL draft that and the Michael Jordan documentary, I, I guess, here is what we've got to really look forward to. Uh, it, it, that was Sunday night. We got started with MJ. We're going to get to the draft on Thursday um, I guess it's just going to be to a talk though, right? All the way up until he's actually selected at some point Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder what new stuff will pop up about Tua. Um, you know, we've heard <laughs> that uh, teams have flunked him on the physical. We've heard that teams have taken him off their draft board. We got a Wonderlick score that it was apparently from, uh, his junior pro day at Alabama, um it was outdated yeah. yeah and then you know you get the one that comes out and the thing about the wonderlick score i know a lot of people want to make a lot about it make a, a lot out of it but those guys are doing that at the combine and they don't care about that like uh, they're there to, to, to meet with teams they're there to run the 40 
a lot of people don't take that seriously. That's why you see so many people and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that guy to test that way. It's because he didn't care about it. It's, a, it's an aptitude test for a guy that's looking to go, um, you know, make millions on the football field. And, you know, if, if they can get in front of that chalkboard and, and do the things uh, that the coaches ask them to do, uh, like we see, I, I like that segment that Steve Mariucci does with the quarterbacks. If they can go and do that, they're fine. And, and two is not a dumb person. Um, I don't, I don't see that being an issue for him. It's just, I'm, I'm wondering now with having all of that already out there, what's next? I mean, we still have plenty of time before the first round comes around. Um, you know, we've seen plenty of, of blockbuster news happen with, uh, former expected high draft picks in the past. Um, you know, that, that come out right before the draft. I don't think two is going to have any kind of incriminating news come out, but <laughs> with, with this guy ahead of the draft, you, you never know what's going to happen with teams trying to maybe uh, get in better position to draft him and let him fall down some boards a little bit. So, yeah, I think, you know, Alabama is going to have a good day on Thursday in terms of how many guys come off the, the board in the first 32 picks. But from now until then, it's going to be, you know, headline Tua. after headline, something from Tua. Yeah. 24 seven Tua. Uh, that's the, that's the storyline. That That's the, you know, it, it, it hits so many of the, the hot buttons for potential viewers. You know, he's a uh, plays the quarterback of, of choice or plays the position of choice at quarterback plays at the most visible program in college football, Alabama. And, you know, it's, it's something that they are obviously going to sell right to the hilt. I don't know. Maybe they'll come up with, you know, Tua doesn't believe in Santa Claus or something. That'll be the next <laughs> thing we hear about Tua here in the, in the next few days, but we will have a draft coming up this weekend and we will certainly have it covered for you at BamaOnline.com. Charlie will be a big part of that. We'll all try to chip in and uh, make that happen. Should be a, a very eventful NFL draft. Certainly going to be a different NFL draft in terms of the logistics and how it comes off. But uh, I don't think viewership will be a problem for ESPN and the NFL networks. I think they'll have plenty of attention and plenty of eyeballs on the 2020 NFL draft. Well, Charlie, as always, good stuff. Appreciate it, my man. No problem, man. Always good to catch up. Charlie Potter, Travis Schreier, BamaOnline.com. Keep it locked to BOL for continuing coverage of all things Crimson Tide. Hang out with us on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans. We certainly would like to see you there as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Built by Bama online podcast. If you don't mind, leave a rating and a review while you're there. That would help us out and we would appreciate it immensely. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.